Welcome to Creative Mind Living, a podcast for people interested in personal growth based on the principles of Carl Jung, neuroscience, and Eastern philosophies. We are your hosts, Deborah and Robert Maldonado, founders of Creative Mind Coaching. Another exciting episode, Rob. Yes, we're back. And this time we're going to talk about creating the conditions for your own happiness. That sounds great. I think everyone wants to be happy. Yes. I think so. I think it is a universal, though some people have argued with us that (laughs) they don't want to be happy. (laughs) And so we're going to talk about creating the conditions, the environment, internal and external, that will give us the opportunity to express our full self and happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's up. It's really up to us because nobody's going to create the conditions for our growth the way we need it. But there's a couple of things that we need to clarify for this to make sense. Otherwise, you'll misread it or it won't make sense to you the the basic worldview that we take is that the mind is the cause meaning uh, at a deeper level it means that your consciousness is what you are creating your world through Mm -hmm. and it is the cause of your world not the other way around Uh, a lot of people think when I line up the world in a certain way, I'll be happy, right? Mm-hmm. If I get the right stuff in the right relationship and the right amount of money and I feel safe and all that, then I'll be happy. It's really the, the other way around. A happy mind is able to create all those things. Mm, the happy life. Yes. And we talked about this in our last episode about the power of other people influencing us in our life. And so this is really the the second part of it. So if you haven't listened to the episode before, the this episode we're going to talk about how to work with the mind so we can create the happiness that we want. Yeah. So if you think of a garden, uh, we've all had experience with a garden or we've seen our our perhaps our mothers or grandmothers uh create a garden, right? Mm-hmm. And take care of a garden. Uh, my grandmother used to love plants, and my she, father loved to garden too. Yeah, yeah, they, you know, they. Some people just have that natural affinity to plants, and and they know how to create the conditions for their growth. Mm-hmm. That's all a gardener is doing. Mm-hmm. He's providing the right conditions for that little life to flourish. So that seed has the potential of becoming what it is meant to be. Just like us, we have the potential in us. We don't have to do anything to get it, but we need to surround it with the right environment, just like the farmer or the the gardener needs to surround that seed with the right uh, fuel, sunlight, Uh, (laughs) water. Soil, water, uh, sunlight. Air. Yeah, and um, the plant does the rest. It It flourishes. So the gardener doesn't make the plant grow. It creates the it creates the environment for it, and just like us, we don't have to make ourselves grow. We're already born with that seed of 
within us. It's how do we allow it to happen? Because most of the time, I think, I used to think that the reason I wasn't happy is because I didn't have things. But the reason I wasn't happy is because I wasn't allowing the true happiness and joy that's already within me to be expressed. Yeah. yeah. So it's a suppression of happiness versus uh, I have to go out and cultivate it. It's already in us, happiness. Yeah. So this idea of consciously setting about to create the conditions for your own growth, it's an incredible idea. And and of course, it's not new. It's been around in... in, um, the wisdom traditions for thousands of years. Uh, but now we can see it as it's a form of self-directed neuroplasticity, meaning we're going to change our brain, our mind, and the way our body operates in the environment by consciously creating the conditions that we know help us grow, mm-hmm. uh, feel uh, comfortable, feel at ease, feel creative. Um, and in other words, it helps us flourish mm-hmm. just like that little plant. But we're doing it in a conscious way. And the key word is consciously, meaning we're setting about to think about, first of all, contemplate, understand what is it that makes me grow? What are those conditions? If I don't understand those conditions, then I'm just trying different things out in a kind of blind way. And sometimes we do have to do that. But if we know, if we can see what makes me happy, you know, just like that plant, it needs Mm -hmm. certain things. What is it that I need to be happy? And and go for it, Mm -hmm. right? Say, I'm I'm just going to create those conditions for myself. And so I think the first step is, what do I want? And a lot of people have a hard time answering that question. It's such a simple question. And you know why that is, Rob? Mm. Because they don't know what's possible for them. So they're afraid to ask for the moon. They just say, I'll just, how can I make my life a little better? Mm, And uh, even that is okay. But when we talk about happiness, we're talking about we truly feel that we're happy, (laughs) that we're not just, okay, it's a little better than yesterday or I'm moving a little along a little bit in my life. True, passionate joy. And so ask yourself, what would bring me true joy. And maybe you don't even know exactly what that is or what that would look like, but even just the desire to understand that. And maybe just the first thing that you think may be one of the things that can contribute to that joy. And remember the joy has to happen in your mind first for it to happen out there. So I think you have to fall in love with your vision. Mm, Absolutely. You can think of it also in terms of uh, the kind of culture that you're creating for yourself. Hmm. You know, on, as entrepreneurs, we often think about what is the company culture mm-hmm. that we're creating. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept uh, at a personal level that that uh, it's uh, the same at the at the company level. Mm-hmm. What are the things we we want to surround ourselves with? What, what is the language? What is the mindset? What is the, uh, the atmosphere? The emotion. The emotion, the music, the, 
the feeling that we we want to invite every day in our work. And we can only experience the world through our five senses. So we have to look at those. We have to activate all those senses and, and, uh, and how do they interact with the environment? And is the environment bringing our senses to pleasure and beauty and potential or is it giving us feedback that is not, a pro- not what we want? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it creates that kind of chicken or egg kind of thing mm-hmm. because what comes first, the, the mind or the environment? But remember we said the mind is the cause. So in our model, the mind comes first. Mm-hmm. The mind is what plants the seed, what is able to make the conditions for that seed to grow and to cultivate it. To mother that, that and nurture that, uh, that seed of possibility. Are you passionate about personal development and empowering others, and want to turn that passion into a new career? You can become a highly trained coach in our Creative Mind Life Coach Training Program. The next class begins soon, so visit us at creativemindmethod.com to find out more and schedule your free consultation. So if your corporate culture of you Inc. as if you were a company is involves the environment, the office space, which is your house, your your home, your car, all the, the physical space that you're in, and then the people that you allow in your space and your world, um, the television shows you watch, the if you watch the news every day, maybe you're not feeling so good, um, the friendships that you have, what you what you uh on Facebook, a lot of, there's a lot of groups on Facebook. Are you in a group that's negative and complaining? Or are you in a group that's <laughs> inspirational? And, um, and so you think about there's two types of people in your life that you could surround yourself with. There's the type of people that want to keep you in the status quo, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, reaffirm where you're at and tell you there's no way to change. And then there's the type of people that inspire you to grow. So are you in the inspiration to grow group or are you around the mediocre, let's, let's just survive group. And when you're around the survival people, you'll feel different than when you're around the growth people. Absolutely. Uh, it makes a lot of difference. And if you don't consciously uh, arrange that for yourself or let's say intend that for yourself, uh, you'll always fall back to the default mode. And most of the time, the default mode is survival. Mm -hmm. Uh, People that are just in the status quo. Because it's easiest. Mm -hmm. It's what your mind and body like because Mm -hmm. there's no friction, there's no pressure to do something else. It's kind of like your set point. Yeah. And so often people avoid creating the conditions for their happiness because it involves some change. Mm. It involves them changing. And for most people, that's a no-no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, also a lot of our clients tell us over the years that their friendships change by doing this work and they have to say goodbye to with a lot of the people that they used to hang out with 
because they realize if it's like they woke up from a dream and said, why am I friends with Mary? She's driving me crazy. She's not evolved. She's, I always feel terrible around her. And now like, why am I keeping up this relationship? And we start to say, okay, I, this is not resonating anymore. We don't fit together like puzzle pieces anymore. And you have to seek people that are growing for you to grow. And, uh, and I always say this, a lot of uh, people that are single that work with us, they always say, well, how do I know love will last? Like what I'm looking for? What if I get into a relationship and it, you know, it doesn't work out and we're, I change. And I said, the number one thing you should look for in a partner is someone who's also growing. And, and if they're growing and you're growing, you're going to grow together because you're both open to it. But it, you know, right away, if you meet someone and they're not growing, they're going to be a lead weight in your life. And as you try to grow and you try to expand, they're going to pull you down. So we have to be careful. So take an assessment of the people in your life right now. How many people are growers and how many people are status quoers? Uh, <laughs> growers or status, status quoers? Uh, just look around and say, oh, they're, they're, how many? Even take a list of the top 10 people that you hang out with on a regular basis at work. And see how many of those people are, are, are in a growth mode. And you'll find that probably maybe you're the only one. You may be the only one in your group, in your family circle, that is doing personal development work or under, reading spiritual books or self-help and trying to improve herself or himself. And, uh, and then that means you need to seek a new tribe. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with helping others you know, give them a, a a lift. Yes. A hand up, if you will. Uh, but here's the key, that they have to want to grow yes. as well. So even if they're not as uh, at your level, let's say, but they want to grow, then it's okay because they're not trying to pull you back. Mm -hmm. they're, they're interested in being where you're at. Yeah. They're, they're on the same trajectory. They're not weights. Also, too, that when you, you may be surprised that you may be afraid of talking about your spiritual work or your personal development work because you think people will judge you. But then when you start doing it, people will come out of the woodwork, friends that you never thought were into any of that and will be like, oh, and that's what happened to me. All these people were, oh, I read self-help and I, I read your book and that's like even my sister read uh, my book, Let Love In, and she's, it changed her life. She met her husband 30 days later. And it was like people that you wouldn't expect are open to it. So as you step into that higher role, you become, uh, you give everyone an opportunity to grow. But when you resonate and, and dumb, not dumb yourself down, but lower yourself to other people's level to fit in, you're not doing them any favors. And I think a lot of people have a conflict with that, Rob. A lot of people have a conflict with leaving the tribe, leaving the Shire, and, and going on their adventure. Yeah. Uh, because they think, well, if I leave all my friends, I'm going to be lonely. Uh, or if I leave my little comfort group, my culture, mm -hmm. uh, or even in companies, right, that uh, they want to create a new culture, they, uh, they, they're afraid of the change that it, uh, entails, but change is not always, uh, the same kind of experience. Mm -hmm. There are parts for, for example, in individuation that, 
the process of self-realization where you might have to break away from the herd mentality for a while. Mm-hmm. And it might feel lonely. It might feel uprooted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might feel like you've been uh, put through that dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. But it's a stage. It's not meant to... Temporary. Yeah, it's not meant for you to be there permanently. It's a stage of growth, a process of growth, a transformation, a, a purging in a sense of uh, rebirth. So think about your environment. What is creating the seed in you to grow? And you can even ask yourself, is this, does this feel like a growth opportunity or growth growth environment or not? And um, what you'll ha- will, will happen is you'll start to cut out activities that don't fuel your soul anymore. And uh, you'll start to do things that you love. And I remember when I left the corporate world, I had a lot of corporate friends and I started doing hypnotherapy and I went to all these uh, meetings, networking events with all these entrepreneurs and my energy changed. It, I was so happy I was as this new identity of being doing what I love versus a marketing person. And it was so cool to have a new tribe. And I felt that I was around people that were up to something, that were doing things and that were inspiring. And there's something very powerful about that, to have that uh, other people to resonate with. And as you grow and having other people that are in growth mode around you, it accelerates your growth process. That's why we do groups a lot of time. We have our group programs. We find that the people that are in the groups do better than people that try to do everything on their own. And there's something very powerful about it. Like when we do events and groups, the, the group think and the resonance that happens in that room is really powerful. And it requires commitment mm-hmm. uh, in order to grow and to kind of stay on the path of creating the conditions for your own growth. You have to set the intention. You have to make a commitment to change and not look back. Mm. You know, and so what are some of the things they can do to what kind of environments can they be in to create happiness? I think it starts at home. You have to start by setting your house in order, mm-hmm. and what that means is, I mean, Marie Kondo. <laughs> yeah, you you can literally do it. Yeah, and it helps because if you have a messy desk, you want and you put it in order. You kind of put everything in its place and take stock of, you know, what is this piece of paper doing here? Do Mm -hmm. I need it or can I throw it away? All that is uh, reflecting the process of your mind also. Mm -hmm. That you're doing that uh, and you're ready to do that with your life. And it feeds back to your mind this idea of, yeah, let's put things in order. Uh, So it begins with... The simple things. You can do it at every level of your life. Start by setting your desk in order, then your room, mm-hmm. then your house. What's your on your bedstand? Do you have colors that are really bright? Do you see nature every yeah. day? Yeah. And then I always like to start off the day with a meditation, even for five minutes. I mean, a lot of people are busy. They get up and they have to work out. And I don't have time to listen to a 15-minute meditation. Give yourself five minutes. I do my inner Adam meditation every single morning, every day. It's before I get out of bed. I'm there 
checking in with the the dude (laughs) saying, Mm -hmm. all right, what's up for today? Uh, Getting my spiritual connection anchored in as I go through the day. And I think that is really powerful. So it's a, like you said, commitment, it's a practice every day of, that's why, you know, they call it a spiritual practice because it's not a spiritual uh, completion. It's a practice and you get better and better. So how do you start off your day? What, what kind of music do you listen to in the car? Are you listening to sad songs and, uh, or the news or put something motivational on to change that environment at your desk at work? What is, what can be hopeful? Maybe it's just a little I know um, a lot of times we talk like affirmations aren't aren't like enough, but they're not bad. And so to have something on your desk that's very positive, unconsciously, your mind is reading it throughout the day. Even if you're not conscious of it, it's it being absorbed. So those kind words uh, like you can do it or believe in your dreams or something, that's going to be in your environment and it's going to feed your mind. And then also uh, the people around you take an assessment of those people. Uh, who are the who are the growers and who are the uh, status quoers? And just be like, ooh, they're a status quoer. I don't know if I want to hang out with them anymore. And you'll get to be more conscious when you're at happy hour or you're at dinner, um, you're at parties and background, you know, barbecues, and you're hearing people talk. You're going to hear how they talk. Listen to not what they're saying, but how they're seeing the world. What is their worldview? And if it's pessimistic and limitation and complaining, that's a, that's a status quoer. And then if it's someone who's saying, wow, I'm so excited about my life. You don't really see many of them. Maybe that's you at the party that can lift everyone up and start being that positive influence in the world. You know, I went to the um, store the other yesterday, actually, Rob, and uh, I went to the deli and the guy behind the deli counter was like, well, hello and welcome to <laughs> Gelson's Deli. And he was like all happy. And I said, how are you? And I said, I am fantastic. And it just felt so good to just instead of being like, can I have a, a quarter pound of potato salad, please? Or really just uplifting the energy. And it was so cool. It's infectious. So be the inspiration in every experience get on the elevator with someone and say, hi, how was your day? Just, or just smile, just smile at people. Uh, just start to create the environment. Like you said, your own conditions for happiness and you can drive it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, don't be afraid of discipline. A little discipline is, uh, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. I remember the friend told me about this violinist uh, and, I never got the context to who it was, but they asked him, why do you practice so much? Like the guy was practicing like 10 hours a day or something. And he said, because I need to have a beautiful life. Ah. And that, that's the payoff mm-hmm. of discipline. Mm-hmm. If we discipline our mind and we work with it and we consciously create the conditions for its growth, we have that beautiful life that happiness. And it's infectious. People want to be around people. Well, growth people want to be around people that are growing. And so you're going to be attractive and have a new tribe of people that really are fueling you, you're fueling them. And it really is, it takes a village. It takes that social tribe to make a change. And so what you're doing is you're raising the consciousness of the planet by you raising your own consciousness. You're changing and creating happiness in the world, in your own world first. And that's really what it's about. So quick exercise. 
take an assessment. Take a little honest assessment of your home, the people around you, your daily practice. Are you, do you have one? And what are you doing for your life as a career? Are you in a career that's draining you, that is not fulfilling, that you have to kind of put your mind on hold for eight hours a day and then only have happiness on the weekends? Maybe you should look at that. You should feel excited every single day of your life to be happy to be alive. We're only here for 80 to 100 years. This is our opportunity to to do whatever we need to do. So Every day that we're not happy, we're wait, we've wasted. And so we're meant, happiness is our natural state. The only thing that stops us from being happy is our mind suppressing that happiness. It's natural. That seed in us is there. What if we cultivated happiness? What a beautiful thing. So I hope you enjoyed this two-part episode series on changing your environment, the people around you, and creating the conditions of your own happiness And we'll see you on the next episode. See you soon. Take care.